It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It's episode 309. Yes. Yeah, it checks out. Every week. Don't know what episode it is. I should write it in big letters somewhere or numbers. 309. You get it right. You get it right in the organizational emails. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I never look at them again. <laughs> I actually had trouble finding it. I apparently deleted it on my phone, so I had to look at my sent items to find them. And I was like, I was like, are we recording in the morning today? Oh, fuck. I better find out. <laughs> uh, luckily, Gmail allows you to look at it in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so today um, I'm here with Jeff and Tim and a very special in-studio guest who is sleeping right now. And I wonder if her snoring will make it her its way into the, the recording. I have my dog Vegas in with us on my side anyway not with you it would be really weird if there were a vegas who showed up on either side of your uh, on your side over there i mean there is there is a a, a tuxi tuca here but you know um i'm 98 sure marlo's in his crate laying down with a bone with a bone or a bong uh, both no <laughs> a bone. he's a pretty chill dog <laughs> So much like Tuka cat now, Marlo's just dogging out. Okay. Yeah, basically, it's Sunday. He's dogging out. <laughs> yeah, um, Vegas just went for her walk, and she was full of energy. And I thought I was going to die, and it was great. And now here we are. Ah, so uh, why don't we start by talking about game of the week, and then we will move on from there. Yes, yes, let's do that. Okay, we actually, what's really interesting is that we have a, a kind of official game of the week that we want to talk about, and then an incident during another game that we'd like to talk about, involving our old pal, Sidney Crosby. But... Whoa. <laughs> oh, no, no. When I meant old pal, I meant fucking bastard. You know what I mean? I, I ugh, There is no love lost there. If only he were on Twitter to block me, it would be great. Anyway, um, so we're going to talk about the game against New Jersey. Just before Thanksgiving, just before everybody could fill themselves with turkey and stuff and stuffing. Yes, so it was the uh, the pre-Thanksgiving special down in New Jersey against um, a, well, a doing better than they probably should in the uh, Metropolitan. Um, substantially so. They are first in the Metro. Yeah, yeah. Um, for reasons. Yeah. I don't understand it either. I mean, a team that took on Jimmy Hayes and hasn't actually played him, but... I mean, would you? <laughs> no, but he did play the other night, just for fun. You know, just to know that he's still around. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I obviously I saw more Drew Stafford than I did Jimmy Hayes, really, right? Because he's figuring into that team. So, anyway, it was really interesting because that game... Let me just refresh my memory... The Bruins started out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, the first period was, they came out um, uh, um, pretty uh, strong, right? Um, uh, you know, Jake DeBrus scored his fifth goal of his career, um, only a minute 25 in, um, assisted by uh, by Matt Grizzlick. So, you know, Grizzlick's um, uh, first, uh, first point of the season. We'll come back to Grizzlick on other matters, not necessarily related to this game, though. Yeah. 
and um, followed up at about halfway through the period with a Berg, with a Bergie goal, also his fifth on the season, assisted by Pasta and uh, Danton Heinen. Good, strong start. Yeah, and then they kind of fell back to earth a little bit. Yeah, they went on the penalty kill, and something called a Jesper Bratt scored a goal. That was great. No, and nothing, and nothing happened in the second period. So, and then I didn't, see, and then I didn't see the third or the shootout because I fell asleep. I'm pretty sure that his name is Jesper Pratt. <laughs> I'm not changing like my Jasper position. Pratt. On... <laughs> I'm not changing my position on this. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the Bruins let the, them back in the game, and this is a problem that they're going to have, and it's something that the the young Cubs are going to have to play through and get through these situations. I say the young Cubs, like, it's like there's no veteran presence there. Obviously, you know that there's veteran presence there, but... But, you know, our PK was going to suffer with with, with, with um, uh, Brad out, so I'm not surprised, necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but also, I mean, Hudobin had to stop 40 saves. That's That's a lot. To give up 42 shots in a game like that, that's less than ideal, I guess you could say. Yes, but what's really great is that the Bruins didn't lose the game in regulation. So they, and, and this is something we talked about a little bit in pre-show, is that for some reason, I feel pretty confident that about the Bruins when they go into overtime. You know, three on three. I feel good about them there, but I have, I'm full of dread when it comes to the shootout. That's, I mean, I think any Bruins fan who's been watching them the last few years knows that it's not their strength. They're never built for the shootout. You should never build a team for a shootout, but... They're no, just... I mean, if you had the opportunity to get a player who's uniquely good at the shootout, um, uh, UC Jokinen is probably one of the more prominent examples for that. As long as they're useful on the ice, consider it. But, eh, yeah, generally speaking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, UC Jokinen ended up going to the Kings a couple yeah. weeks ago, didn't he? Yeah, on a trade that, you know, happened for reasons. I don't know. Okay, well, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> you know, TJ Oshie comes to mind. You know, players like that. But... But anyway, normally I'm filled with dread, and this time I don't think I've actually watched uh, Dobie in the shootout at all. No, but we've talked about in the past when games where, where Tuca's playing and it goes to the shootout. It's like, can you switch goalies just for the shootout? I know. Wouldn't it be so great? Why does no one do that? Because like, I think it's a pretty un- unambiguous thing that in Boston, in, in, for Boston that Rask is not so great at the shootout. It's what it is. Even when he's even years he's playing great. He's bad at the shootout. It's just because it's not a normal game situation. You can't blame him for it. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You have two goalies there. Why not put one in when you want to for the shootout, right? But I've never heard of any team doing this, which is odd. Yeah, I don't know if there's any rule against it or not, but I'm just saying. I mean, there might be a reason, some reasoning, like it's like, well, you don't want to go into the shootout with a with a goalie that's you know cold, cold, not warmed up, and that that's perfectly fair if that's the case. So put him in for be- overtime. Well, yeah. I mean, I, cold goalie for three on three is also a, a risky choice, right? So it is the hockey's version of a closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe we need to work on this idea a little bit more. <laughs> okay, we've already. It's funny when we've actually stopped to think about it. We've already mathed out reasons why this wouldn't be the case. Anyway, pay no attention to those things. It was a great idea. Anyway. <laughs> He gave up the first one, but after that, he was a wall. Yeah. I saw so many rounds. I mean, like, towards the end there, we were rolling, you know, Schaller and Riley Nash had shootout shootout reps. 
And Charlie McAvoy ends up getting the game-winning shootout. I'm going to tell you this. Okay. In my living room, I said, put in Charlie. Right? And I said that about two rounds before he actually went in. But I said, put in Charlie. He'll take care of it. He did. So the only person who can corroborate this. I mean, there's one dog who could corroborate it, maybe, if she could communicate like that. But she was asleep. And my husband is no long, uh, nowhere around here right now. So Charles is, in fact, in charge. Oh, Charles in charge. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the thing is, is that I can't think about Charles in charge anymore without thinking about what a complete and other utter douche canoe Scott Bayo is. I mean, like Scott Bayo being a douche canoe should probably be one of those things that is um, considered unsurprising. Uh, but uh, just. Ah, you know, right. anyway, so yeah, so I, I thought, I thought it was really great to see Dobby just pull off that whole shootout because it really was him. He was the star of the shootout. He really, I mean, he'd been the star up to that point. He faced 42 shots during regular play. Yeah. I mean, including shootout 53 shots and only letting three goals in. I mean, that's, that's impressive. See, I was going to say that it was about 1,500 shots that he took on the on the V. 1,553, those are the same thing. They are. They are the same thing. For, like, practical purposes in hockey, absolutely, yes. That's not even a joke. Because <laughs> so many things aren't considered shots. <laughs> shots on gold, anyway. I thought it was a really interesting game to, to watch. I wish I had been able to watch it again before this, but uh, that's okay. But let's um let's turn our attention to the uh whatever the fuck NBC Sports is deciding they're going to call this this game. I I kind of liked it as the Black Friday matinee game. But they've got like some Thanksgiving turducken roll yourself into the living room and watch hockey event. I don't know what it is. I mean it's better than throwing elbows at Walmart, so Oh my god. True. Guess who totally didn't go shopping at all on Friday? All of us? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I already hate shopping. Don't make me hate it more. I don't have that gene either. But anyway, uh, yeah, so it was against Pittsburgh Penguins, blah, 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 whatever. Bruins were doing pretty well, blah, 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 blah. Then Sidney Crosby. <laughs> yeah, what, 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 what the fuck? So, so, so again, I, I didn't see the game, but from what I understand, you explain. Tell me where I get this wrong, just because I'm just trying to piece this together, third party. So you have Dobby basically face down. The, the, the puck is on. Him. Is sitting on his back. Oh, okay. Is is on top okay, of him? Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he um he basically he is uh, in position. He gets the shot shot at him. He gets out of position. He ends up on his back, like. Like he would if the puck were underneath him, right? Okay. So he's like his he's belly up, right? So the puck lands on his stomach, okay? And Sidney Crosby's like whack 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 whack. He actually takes a second whack at it. It's like he takes a whack and it, it hits Dobby like square in the in in the um, stomach area, and then it takes a second whack and it it, it goes in. Now the now the, the ref has been circling around the the goal at this point and looked like he was going to blow the whistle. And then he did blow the whistle and said, no goal, right? I don't understand how you can have so many different ways that things can be goaltender interference, right? Because Dobby's in the crease. He's 
flat on his back in the crease. Right? Yeah. Um, and Sidney Crosby is like, tea time. And it's just, it's one of those things where somebody like nudges a goalie a certain way. Goaltender interference. You know? But it's Get like... Pushed. Someone gets pushed into the goalie. It's goaltender interference. Um, the goalie didn't have time to reset. Goalie interference. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, but then... It, no, he could not reset. He was he being was, chopped away at like he was a fucking log, and Crosby was a lumberjack. Right, right. So, <laughs> so as it was, it was explained, because everybody on the broadcast was like, "Oh no, it wasn't goaltender interference at all," yeah, because you know the puck was not secured. What the fuck does that have to do with goaltender interference? Absolutely jack shit. That's what. And furthermore, he ref blew the whistle. So, like, I heard something about intent to blow being involved. Like, well, blow, blow, blow. The, the ref, ref clearly had intent to blow because they blew the whistle. The play was blown dead. Intent to blow usually plays out the other direction. How the fuck did this ch- did this stand a challenge at all? Because like, so that means basically there was a call on the ice, no goal. This gets overturned. The overturn gets challenged, yep. and the overturn gets held up, even though challenges are supposed to defer to the call on the ice whenever possible. Yes. Like, oh, but we need a cork. I need a cork board and like and like bits of yarn and tacks and you know and stuff. You know. Yeah, Charlie Day style. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and they took five minutes to work all through this, you know, and we're sitting there hopeful that it isn't a goal because this puts, uh, I, was this the tying? Yeah, I think yeah. tied it. It was the tying goal, and of course, it's Sidney fucking Crosby, which is not a good look. If you want to make it look like you're not favoring certain players, don't favor them. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? They're in NHL. <laughs> now, Doc Emmerich and Mike Milbury were like, you know, they're kind of perplexed. They're like, okay, well, they're saying it's this, and well, we're going to wait for the official league explanation. And then they they got it after the commercial break and read it out, and it was just like, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. It, and yeah, it could be that it's like this affects my team, so therefore I'm like, no, it wasn't. It, it was totally goaltender interference. But I'd like to think that if it were like two teams I don't care about, like Arizona and Winnipeg, I'd be the same way. You know what I mean? Of course, neither one of them would um would involve Sidney Crosby, and that would be just fabulous. Didn't something similar happen in the Stanley Cup final against the Preds? Yeah, yeah, with, with yeah. Crosby they- as well. They blew the whistle too early um, and um, something uh, or was it that? Yeah. So basically the Preds had no goal and it ended up being a two to one game or something. Yeah. The refs are bad. Uh, they're I look, I know it sounds irrational to say that there's favoritism, but I also think that this sport is desperate enough to have favoritism. They trot out their favorite players every media day just before the season starts you know, somehow or another, we get a Bruins person in there. But you know what they did this year? Patrice Bergeron has won too many sulkies. So now we have to do something at the face-off dot to make sure that, uh, oh, I don't know, he can not take as many face-offs because he'll have like a an infraction or something. By the way, I got to tell you, what was it? Was it, I think it was the Pittsburgh game. Berge did a beautiful thing. He was taking a face-off. He won the face-off. But you know what he did? Instead of skirting it, scooting it back behind him, he just shot it up the ice. <laughs> you know what fuck this <laughs> it was great and and that was the, i think that was the face off that crosby got kicked out of 
So Bergy has like, Bergy's like, oh, you, you want to do this to me. I, I'm giving him this very French accent. You want to do this to me? That's fine. Um, I'm going to get better at this and you will kick the other guy out and I will win. <laughs> and he's not saying, please give me the next Selkie. You know, he's not that kind of guy. He doesn't need to beg. He doesn't need to ask. He just is quietly confident that it, it will happen. It's like, so it's like, so. when are you going to rename this the Patrice Bergeron uh, Memorial Trophy? <laughs> when he retires. When he retires. And I think we should have a fan write-in vote for that. We should we should inundate them with letters. Like actual paper. Oh, well, every way that we can. Just letters, emails, clog it up. Phone calls. The alternative is, you know, you know how they have the, the um, uh, Marc Messier, Mar- 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 Messier trophy for being like Marc Messier? so bald and funny looking looking disturbing looking suspiciously like like um uh, super like a superman villain yeah that helmet it always looks so weird on him have you seen pictures of that yeah okay anyway go ahead helmets back then were fucked up you know i was back in the jofa years you know and just make a make a new word be you know the patrice bergeron award and being fucking perfect that should be the exact name Oh, absolutely. For being fucking perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Every year the award's going to have to be a word not given because we set the standard too high. Man, I feel like we we need to have that award. We need to give that award out in, in, in the meantime to somebody. We'll figure Most it out. <laughs> it, and when the award is given out, it is presented by Drunk Cuba Gooding Jr. every year. <laughs> <laughs> But only if Andrew Ferris's wife is in the in the audience, so yes, he can exactly. comment on how good she looks. <laughs> oh, that was so great! Andrew Ferris's wife is Krista Ferris, by the way. I want to make sure that we know that she is an actual person. <laughs> okay, can I just say one thing about Bergie right now? Besides his being awesome and perfect and all that stuff, man, that fade he has right now. Oh my God, it is so nice. He looks so perfectly handsome. It's so it's like it's it's like a forties haircut and this fade going on. It oh and even with the, the caterpillar over his lip, oh my god. Just stop it. Stop being so handsome. He's perfectly handsome no matter what, except for that dark era that we don't like to talk about where he had where where, where he had uh, the blonde highlights. Everybody has their son in phase. Everybody has their son in phase. I had it when I was 14. He went through it when he was like 19. It's okay. It's okay. David and Rachel that looked the same time too. It's not a good thing. I think that was an that was a P Bruins thing that year, like during the lockout year or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You can look it on up online. He's wearing the P Bruins jersey and he is Very rocking good. some blonde hair. Vlad Sabak is like, you know what? No, no, no. I can do better than that. Pink. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with pink? There's other. Uh, I'm not. That was all compliments. I'm just like Vlad Sabak is like, okay, guys, we're dying our hair. Well, I'm not gonna look like look, look like an Eminem wannabe. Thank you. So I'm doing this instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a fan of dyeing your hair and changing it up every once in a while. Uh, although I tell everybody this is natural. <laughs> <laughs> Do you now? <laughs> I do because you know what I get. A, um, um, I get a lot of compliments from women who are like, "Oh my god, I love your hair!" And then men are like, "Wow, I like that hair." You know, it's a little bit different. And uh, and they're like, yesterday some guy was like, "Wow, that's um, that's some hair." I said, "It's totally natural." That <laughs> <laughs> checks out. Okay, yeah. My hair is purple, and it's um, it's totally natural. 
So, oh my God, I don't even want to know what Vegas would do if I dyed my hair a different color now because she's so used to purple. But anyway. She also wants to be purple and you can dye her purple. No, she is really, really nice being white and blue. So, because she's gray, but that is called blue, apparently. And she's got this ginger... Um, ginger in her her coat too, so she's got this like. But on the other purple. hand, purple dog. I purple would dog. love it, but uh, yeah. Actually, Tim, you should probably give Marlo purple high about uh, purple highlights. I think that would work well. He's got the right flow for it. He does. The groomer. Speaking of which, I could also give Marlo a little like. Uh, fur tattoo because whenever I go to the groomers they advertise that they can put your favorite sports team's logo on your dog with like hair coloring, fur coloring. So so Marlo could be like, you know, the Bruins dog or the Buccaneers dog. Yeah, see, I like just having something to put on her. So this morning she wore her Patriots cape. You know, and then maybe later this afternoon she'll wear her Bruins cape, even though it's not that cold out. It's it's windy and stuff. But anyway, yeah, so Patrice Bergeron, let's, let's get back to that. Yeah, just too handsome. God. Yeah. Now, there's something interesting the Pens did in that. The Bruins did in this Pens game besides, you know, not decide to start a riot after uh, that, uh, that, 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 that good goal call. They dressed uh, seven defensemen. Not a lot of coaches do that, with the exception occasionally of uh, John Cooper. Yeah, and you know? and notably they scratched uh, Bolesky and, and Petrano to do that. So yeah, so I kind of liked it because um, it gave them the opportunity. They had, of course, Krug manning the point on power play one, and um, uh, McAvoy and Grizz doing the two points on power play two, which is uh, not a bad plan. I kind of dig it. Now, mind you, also, it resulted in O'Gara playing four minutes and 55 seconds, which is kind of a waste. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, for you know, we talked about this also in pre, uh, pre-show. pre It can be a little confusing because when you're sitting there and you're trying to go, oh, I know who's on the ice, just by, like, you see one jersey and you're like, oh, this line's on the ice. And it's like, nope, it's everybody's on the ice. It could be anybody. You have to, like, really look hard to see who it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a blended. <laughs> and and that's fine. Cassidy's been doing that a lot this year. He's been just throwing pieces out here and there all, the, all over mean, the place. He's had to, right? Yeah. yeah, with all the injuries. Frank and Roster forces your hand on such things. <laughs> Although it is pretty interesting to think about the fact that Bolesky and Fatrano were both scratched. I mean, it could be for play reasons. Well, I mean, we we know it's for play reasons, right? Um, oh man, I wanted to speculate wildly. We, oh, it's we know definitely... they've both been not good. Yeah, particularly Bolesky, but Bertrand has also been not good. And also, <laughs> I was I was going to seg into something else, but you oh. ruined it. Sorry, no, 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 no. Reset. Play reasons. Go on. Well, you know, there's just been um, some some rumors of. Uh, GMs talking to each other and potential trades. But just before we get to that, okay, I've got to leave you on the cliff here. You're going to hang on for a little bit. I just oh, want to point out bench. one last thing. <laughs> Matt Grizzlick got his first goal in that Penguins game. Yep. And he's going to give that, and he's going to give the puck to his dad. 
Oh. And you see there was an interview with his dad. Of course, his dad's a long-term member of the, of the Garden Bull Gang, right? Yep. Um, his dad says something like, with all due respect to Bobby Orr, I think that's my new favorite NHL goal. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a bad thing to say. Yeah, well, he's kind of have to, he kind of has to say that, right? I mean, this is like this is a family dream at this point, right? Well, I mean, he doesn't have to say that specifically. He still chose to put it that way, right? You know, he couldn't say this is such a great family moment. I'm so proud of my boy. No, no, no. He went he went all out. Why wouldn't it be? Why why wouldn't it be his favorite goal? His son, who plays for the Bruins in some capacity and sometimes with the big club, got. His first NHL goal. Of course it would be your favorite goal. Mm -hmm. If you're a father who's... Yeah, of course. I agree with him. It's perfect. Um, Even though he was probably alive to see that goal. I was not technically alive to see that goal. That that Bobby Orr goal. Oh my god, I wasn't even created then. Yes! Great. (laughs) I I was alive to see the the Grizzly goal, though. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> You're like, where is she going? Okay, anyway, let's go back to the cliffhanger. So it turns out <laughs> that there's a rumor going around about uh, the Bruins potentially trading with, being trading partner partners with uh, Edmonton. Uh, I'll let Jeff take this away. So um, the first I heard about it, I don't know if this is the case, was our it was a friend of the pod, um, uh, Phony Mahoney, sharing with us uh, a Jimmy Murphy tweet. Caveat into our galore because it's Jimmy fucking Murphy, of course. Um, Correct. Suggesting that um, the Bruins were interested and that there was discussion of it being Danton Heinen and Peter Solarik as uh, players potentially in play going out. Now, again, Jimmy Murphy. Almost certainly bullshit. Solarik and Heinen, both players who I really like, especially Heinen, and I wouldn't want to see go are a pittance to play for, pay for a player like RNH, were this trade to be hypothetically true. So I'm like, okay, okay, you're Jimmy Murphy, so you don't really have my attention, but, you know, in the abstract, you have my attention. This, course, comes with the concerns like, well, cap. Yeah, yeah, um, because what – do we know what Ryan Nugent holds? RNH yeah. makes $6 million. Oh. Or, and give me a moment, and I will give you the number of years. But it's actually for quite a few more years too, I think. Yeah, because he re-signed like um like in 2014, I think. Yeah, he signed for six million for some number of years. At the moment, as soon as he uh, had ended his ELC, so he has three more seasons after this one at six million. That's a lot. Tuka, don't do that. Oh, that is. Oh, that is staying in the episode. <laughs> 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 oh, I'll put that at the beginning of the episode. It'll be even better. Okay. So. <laughs> oh. Now, interestingly, so, so in order to make this happen, you got to have money going both way, going out. Um, because the Bruins have no cap space. You need at least six million going out. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I'm gonna guess that those two together are probably about 1.5 million, right? Um, if that, yeah, just over, barely, yeah, like. Going five ish. See? Um, oh my god, I'm right for a change. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, um, yeah. So, so anyway, so that doesn't make enough nearly enough space. You have to send out at least another four and a half million. 
that well that you know what i'm gonna tell you right now if this rumor if 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 this rumor is true in the the respect that they're they're working on something they have to work on that 4.5 million and like frankly on it i'm gonna be perfectly blunt just 4.5 is not enough because you do still have to then replace um both the salary going out and Heinen and Solaric on the roster, right? So, like, you could say, oh, 4.5, you could totally cobble, come up with that by, say, oh, including Bleski and Vitrano as the, outward, as the outgoing materials. That's not enough because then you still have at least one roster spot you need to refill. Um, so, realistically speaking, in order to get RNH, you need to send out either Bacchus or Krejci. Now, the remainder of Bax's contract's identical to RNH's, which is nice and all, but neither is happening. Both of them have full, move, full no movements. Um, plus, Akin, to be perfectly honest, uh, sending either of them out would probably require a tap, even if they didn't have a new move, no movement. In that hypothetical scenario, they waived everything and said, okay, that would actually probably jack the price for RNH up beyond this hypothetical cost. Now, mind you, because it's Jimmy Murphy, I, I, Jimmy Murphy, I don't really believe that Solaric and, and Heinen is just is the full extent of what the cost for RNH would be. Even though the trading partner is Peter Shirelli and it's not so good with top five picks. Now, I, I do have a question for you. Solaric and Heinen, who was the GM who drafted them? They were both picks under Shirelli. Mm, okay. I think that's a very interesting thing to, to note because uh, um, it seems to me that, uh, you know, Shirelli, we know that he has a loyalty to certain people that he brings into organizations and stuff like that. So even if he didn't really have anything to do with signing them, he drafted them. So. And, and Solark is, is one of the last remaining relics from a pre-Keith Gretzky draft, too. Mm. So true Chiarelli drafts. Yeah, so uh, to me, it seems like Chiarelli really wants wants, uh, Solaric. I I have a hundred, mainly Heinen, that would be the big piece in that, but Mm -hmm. probably, but I, I don't know. I don't... RNH is a, pl- is a player, and again, that's a, pit- that's a pittance to pay. But I also really, really like Solaric and especially Heinen. I think if Shirelli is smart, which... He's not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I, just let me go. Let, let me pretend to be Shirelli for a minute. I would only want to have people who didn't have term coming back because next season... He he right right now he's trying to get rid of six million off the books because he has he has like ten million to sign fourteen players next year or something ridiculous. He's got a very small amount to sign yeah, a lot of people. Sixty point seven million projected cap hit next year for thirteen players. Yep, and uh, you know that Luch deal. You you we think that the Bacchus deal is ugly, and okay. it is. That Luch deal is really ugly. National people talk about that, about that, well, see, that deal. The Bacchus deal isn't good, but at least it's a reasonable, it's a manageable term. There's only three more seasons after this. Luch deal, that's bad. It's a bad deal, and it's on for five more seasons after this one. <laughs> and who is going to take that? No one. No one. Luch, Luch has devolved. He's not even 30. No, he's... Yeah, so so basically what I'm saying is that I know that Shirelli is trying to move money out one way. Um, 
big he world. And he doesn't want to take on too much term. So Fatrano would be great because he's up after this year. He can sign yeah. him or not. You know what I mean? I don't but know. But he's got no money and he doesn't do us any. He makes so little and does us no good. Right, right. So can you bring awesome. a third team in to help out? I don't Normally know. I would say let's let's not shock the world. Talk, but that did just recently happen, so. Shock the freaking world. I mean, like, first of all, David Poyle, seriously, that man is a wizard. Like, he must, like, he gets people into his orbit and he's, like, got the little pendulum the, the only play, GM until recently, I would say, you don't trade with more than Poyle would have been Hextall. But frankly, his moves at the draft this year make me say, okay, maybe you do trade with, with Ron Hextall. Yeah. I mean, Poyle, Poyle, Poyle <laughs> signed. Okay. The, the, the conditions were that Torres would come if he got signed to a deal for like six years or something. It was six years, $6 million or something. Or It happened. Yeah, yes. And it happened instantly. No trade there's there there's no no trade clause he does this to everybody i don't think he has a no trade clause on any of his players he might have on one or two that's it maybe johansson hang on we're checking checking nope not johansson either oh my god can isn't it amazing the only one with a no trade clause is someone he got acquired by trade and that's fucking oh no emelin and rena are the only no trade are the only clauses Emelin is not his clause, of course. And, well, Kirina, he signed that contract eons ago. And it's a modified no trade with an an NMC. And he's only got one more year after this year anyway. And he's doing fine this year, you know? Yeah. So it's like, so I'm just saying that he's a wizard um, and it fits in with our universe. And he just, I don't understand it. It's like he gets people into his orbit. He dangles the watch in front of them. He convinces them and their agent, no trade clauses, like no, no trade clauses. I'm sorry. No, no movement clauses. It's just like, you know, just come play for us. I mean. And then look at the dollar values, the dollar value on that Arvidsson contract. Uh-huh. Like, holy shit. Four, four and a quarter on the Arvidsson contract, which I think is a big part of why Sweeney was able to keep the dollar down on, uh, uh, on Pasternak. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's just amazing. It's really amazing. Now, now, we know that um, Poyle is a special example, and he probably drove that whole thing, and it's it's working out. They won the trade right now, if you... I think so. Yeah. Um, I, Ottawa so Paul, lost. Yeah, it's looking like Ottawa lost because Duchesne's been really bad since going to Ottawa. Like, really, really and, bad. And, and people have talked about this. We haven't really, but, like, Sackett did shockingly well. Yep, it's going to take a little time for that to, to pan out, but Sakic uh, actually looked like a GM for a change. Yeah, like, like, and actually, like the all told, like, that's a really good return. What was it? A first, a second, Shane Bowers, who's not a, who's probably a bottom six player, but still was a first round pick this past spring. Uh, what's it? That uh, the, the Russian, the Russian center from uh, out of um, uh, out of Nashville, and then Sam Girard. Yep. So that's like, um, I think that's like equivalent. Basically, he got three for he got uh, two first round picks, three seconds, and three seconds, and Andrew Hammond. Wow. And of course, former second round picks that have developed as far as Sam Gerard and uh, fuck, I can't remember the guy's name, the Russian center. Just say Russian center, bitch. Are worth more than a than, than an actual second is right because they are they've already converted meaningful commodities. Correct. So yeah, like Sackett did very well. Ottawa did not do so well. Poyle 
did very well. well amazing. Well. He's amazing. I, I just, I, uh, I just can't believe it. But anyway, I'm saying, I'm just suggesting that maybe you could get another team to come in here and take up some salary stuff. But the Bruins need to, if they're going to, if, if they are potentially thinking about bringing him on, uh, Hopkins, they need to get rid of a lot of money. We know that. I would say potentially another alternative is the prospects and then Bolesky and Spooner, but that doesn't solve enough of the long-term money problem. Right. Frankly, if you have Nugent Hopkins on here and you haven't offloaded Krejci, there isn't a place for him on the, there isn't a roster spot without moving Spooner anyway, but that still doesn't really clear enough salary for me to be comfortable. Right. As long as it's done before the Christmas freeze, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> but um anyway i don't i don't I mean, now mind you of course we're still talking about a jamie murphy rumor but it does stand worth noting that nick kiprios did mention that the bruins are kicking the tires on 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 nuge yeah so granted kiprios isn't the most credible of insiders but he's you know at least an actual insider rather than an imaginary one like jamie murphy because the only inside the only inside that jamie murphy is is his own head yeah it doesn't stop him but yep that's how it is. Um, I imagine that mystery insider account being Jimmy Murphy. <laughs> you mean the parody account? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to keep an eye on this trade thing. We'll see what yeah. happens with that. There might be some legs to it, but there's a lot of questions. Right. On the other hand, part of me doesn't want it to happen because I don't want Jimmy Murphy to be right. You know, broken yeah. clock, blind hog, blind hog finds acorns and all that. But still, um, he's not allowed. So originally when we started talking today on the pre-show, I said something about what our conversation will be today. Uh, basically, we're going to be talking about Tuca. And <laughs> I think that, uh, Jeff, I think you at first thought I was going to say something like, oh, no, don't say trade Tuca. Not saying that. Not at all. Nowhere near that. But we're going to talk about Tuca now. And we're not talking about trading him. Not at all. See, I was trying to work away from the trade and whatever and give you a little scare. We're not, I, I'm not in the trade Tuca camp and I won't be until he really proves that he just can't do it anymore. But I am concerned about him. What the fuck's going on with him? So we'll start off all of this by saying my, my position very clearly is, okay, Rask has been bad. He is not this bad. Likewise, Dobby has been excellent. He is not this good. No, because if he were, he would have had a starting gig in Anaheim or Carolina, which he did not. They tried, they tried to get him one in Carolina, too. Remember, he had the opportunity to take it away from Cam Ward and failed. It, it failed pretty pretty masterfully. Like who, who they Then they treated him for, you know, literally 45 seconds of James Wisniewski. <laughs> Always. About 45 seconds followed by a buyout of James Wisniewski. <laughs> I think even Cassidy's come out and said, we're just going to ride the hot hand right now. It's That's the it. right call. Yeah. I, I'm not having a problem with that. Um, I I said to Glenn the other day, again in our living room, I said, you know what? Before the game, I said, you know what? I have a feeling that Dobby is doing this. He says, Tuca, don't you worry. I got this. I got this. I'm winning this for both of us. I'm going to make for great the make for great glorious nation of Kazakhstan. But, um, <laughs> for great glorious 
for uh, goaltenders of Bruins. Yes, <laughs> I, I I have a feeling they they have that kind of relationship. If Tuca can have that kind of relationship with someone, I think it's more like because uh, he wants Dobby here. He liked having Dobby here, right? Well, see, they they they've known each other for quite a long time, right? So 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 basically, it's like Dobby is just taking the load right now, and Dobby's like, just let me put it on my back. You'll get back to doing what you have to do, but for now, I'm just going to do this, and everything is good for all of us. I don't think that he has any illusion that he is going to take over this job, nor does he really want to take it from Tuca, I would think. I mean, there's competitiveness, and then, you know, I, I just don't think that he's like that with Tuca. I well, just... Well, and, and, yeah, the thing is, also, we know Tuca's always been better as a platoon goalie. Yes. Uh, you know, he was excellent to see the one season that he and he and Dobby were platooned. He was actually he, he won the Vesna the year he was platooned with Chad Johnson and Chad Johnson can't move post to post to save his life. But, you know, Chad Johnson was unusually good despite that glaring disability. Yeah. But, you know, Tuga's problem seasons were being backed up by Svetty. I'm sorry, Tim. No, they didn't trust Svetty enough. Svetty was also really bad when, he did, when they did play him. It was no. He was exactly what you wanted a backup goaltender to be, but not Rask's backup goaltender. Well, Rask needs to pick his shit up. I will not. For- well, I have, there's nothing wrong with being a goalie that needs to platoon. Look at Brian Elliott, another goalie that needs to platoon, but is truly excellent when he doesn't have to be. Last season in Calgary, notwithstanding. Honestly, I think a, a Rask Brian Elliott, which is something I wanted last year, as we went into free agency, would have been. The fuck are you doing, cat? <laughs> that's staying in <laughs> I, I just want to make sure I, I understand what your concept is what do you mean by platoon uh, a platoon is, is, is when you have your starter does still play more goals more games than your backup but it's very close like say your starter plays so, so you're looking at you know 50-32 okay. basically you have a starter who's good and you have a backup who's good and you trust it allows you to keep your starter, you know, well-rested so when the playoffs come and you're only playing your starter, you can do it. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes platoons fail on this on this grounds because your starter still isn't good enough to go full-time when you hit the playoffs. This was a problem the Blues always had with Halak and Elliott when they were platooned. Right, right. And, uh, okay, I understand it now. And- so, and I think that's always been Rask Sinks. The seasons he hasn't been platooned have been his bad ones. But now this year, it's a different animal. Yeah, because okay, so like the, when when Spetty was here, they really didn't play Spetty very much. Or I think like twelve games. Yeah, and, and Gustafsson not even and Gustafsson was was as bad. And last year, and last year, Dobby slash McIntyre until the coaching change. Yeah, was the same problem. Mm, I forgot about Gustafsson. That's probably best. That was a, was a uh, bad year. Yeah. Um, okay, all right. So I, I just wanted to make sure I knew what that was. Okay, so so it's kind of a five to three ratio almost. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you still have a clear starter, but they're playing very low end number of games for a starter. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've we've talked about how it's like even though you're going to start these games, it doesn't mean that you won't make appearances in other games, which they don't account yeah. that. But yeah, it happens. These are the balances we always had when we had Timmy and and Rask. That sort of thing, and it alternated the three years. The, the, for three years, they were our two starters, and the first year of that, it was Rask that started more than Thomas. 
Then, of course, it went back to, it went back to more Thomas the, year, the Cup year. And I think, I don't have the numbers at my fingertips, but it was very, very close the year after. Actually, well, it, wasn't there a year that uh, Thomas had like a, a like a hip surgery or something? And yeah, was... so that, that would have been um, uh, 0910. Okay. So that was the year that Rask, um, his first full season in the league. Okay. Ended up being effectively our starter. But if you go to 11-12 the season, I didn't have numbers at my, on, on top of my head here. Give me a minute. It's loading. I can't loading. believe how ill-prepared Jeff is. <laughs> I didn't expect to go this way. I had the Bruins stats page on Bruins, our Bruins website already up, which I didn't have to change the year. So, I, I am very obviously kidding. I'm aware. Oh, yeah, that was the year we also had Marty Turco for a bit. Huh. Go mm-hmm. to saves. So that season, um, Thomas played 59 games, Rask played 23, but Rask got injured just after the trade deadline that year, right? So it sort of pulled oh, Rask's right, numbers yeah. down. That's why we had Marty Turco. Uh, Ma- Marty Turco has one of my favorite gifts that you'll... Oh, yes. Where, like, uh, like Pierre's, like, talking, like, in between the glass, and, and Turco's, like, on the other side, and he's like... I think there's even a yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> <This> right. <guy. laughs> I, I realized that I just uh, I showed you what this was, where he's like shaking his head and rolling his eyes, like what? And and Jeff inserted the the thumb, uh, pointing at at, uh, at at Pierre. Basically, the gist of it is like Pierre knows nothing of what he's talking about. <laughs> Seriously, this fucking guy, really? <laughs> oh my god! The other day, this is why NBC Sports is awful again. Pierre mangled Grizzlick. <laughs> what did he? Oh my God! I think he really—he didn't even do the obvious like grizzle chick, you know. Whereas some of us get hung up on this, like we're not or we're not really sure how to say it. He mangled it, and I can't even remember how badly he mangled it. I can't tell you what he said. It was like, oh God, it was just awful. Trust me, trust me, it was bad. I can't remember how he said it because I have to concentrate so hard to say Grizzlick that when I hear it said any other way, I'm just like, no, it's Grizzlick. Yeah, I have to focus because, again, my default is wanting to say it Grelchik. Right. Which is still a reasonable interpretation despite being wrong. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Pierre's was so noticeably wrong. Oh, God, it was so awful. And then he talked to him after the game, and I don't know if he got his name right or not because at that point I kind of tuned out. So it's like, oh yeah, we were. Is something like Griselsic or something like that? Maybe. Maybe it was. It was. It hurt. It hurt my ears. It was so bad because it's Pierre, and they don't. They don't pronounce things correctly. It's like you know, it's always Chera. It's Chera. I mean, uh... Pierre, you have one skill, and it's looking like a like a penis wearing glasses. Full fucking stop. He actually looks like a penis. He does. Oh, there's our dick joke. <laughs> okay, so so back to Tuca. Yeah. How much do you think the concussion, and wait for it, the life force being sucked out of him by Anders Bjork, hockey vampire, had to do with uh, <laughs> with uh, Tuca's play this season? Well, I'll start off by saying that hasn't really prevented um, uh, Bjork himself from getting concussed as well. Uh, well, no, just because you take somebody's life force doesn't mean that it protects you. <laughs> well, what's the fucking point then? Yeah, what is the point then? He's a fo- <laughs> he's a hockey vampire. He feeds on the hockey energy of other people. Yeah, but that should make him less prone to injury. Yeah, you should be like acquiring the essence of other hockey players, and you know, becoming strong and can 
shoot 120 mile per hour slap shots from you know all the way across the rink and score. As an aside, as an aside though, what if Bjork drinks the time traveling Dick Wizard's hockey essence? Oh my God! Well, would that just negate? Would that just like cancel out existence? Just like create like a monstrous um uh, time paradox and just like no more no more anything. Probably. Or like or, or like a time cop, you know, two things can't occupy the same space and just sort of dissolve into goo. I'd kinda like to think of it as like a black hole that's uh that is sucking um the energy from a star. Not that I'm saying that Anders Bjork is a black hole because he's not. He's a hockey vampire and well, I, I it's like the Yager becomes older and frailer. So he'd be sort of like the Yager's portrait of Dorian Gray. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what happened to, to Anders Bjork. He ran into a piece of garbage named Matt Martin. And yes. you would think that he'd be able to repel that, but it just doesn't work oh, that he way. he sucked up the hockey essence of garbage. Yeah. See, it's like a touch thing, you know? Collision. Oh, good God. I mean, it's probably for the best for him then that he's not playing in, a game, in the game this afternoon against a team that features Zach Cassian. Oh, oh I fucking hate Ca- Zach Cassian. Oh my god, I wish he would eat some turds and syphilitic dicks and then shove a stick up his own ass. That's what I wish he would do. I can't hate him more. I can't believe I, like, I'm at the point where I'm yelling about him and not Sidney Crosby. I fucking hate that douche canoe asshole liquor. Ah. Oh. Wow. I agree with all of that, actually. Um, that was just spectacular. Just like... <laughs> I, thank you VA that was uh, wonderful god that that douche he just you know it's like I, I get like he he spent a lot of time on like painkillers and um, alcohol and all these things and he's in the substance abuse program he's trying to turn over another leaf but on the ass he is a fucking piece of garbage there, he, uh, and then if he scores, which happens every once in a while, I just want to punch the TV. I just hate him so much. He broke Sam Gagne's jaw um, a few years ago in the preseason, and then he taunted the team after that. He taunted him when he came back because he was playing for the Canucks then, and, and the Oilers and Canucks play regularly enough. And it, he's just a fucking piece of garbage. I don't care if he's trying to do things a little bit better. He's garbage. You know what's kind of funny, just as an aside? You know the two players who, when they entered the league, were talked about as being the next Milan Lucic? You know who they are? Zach Cassian and Tom Wilson. Two of the biggest buckets of rotting, festering, syphilitic goat dicks on the planet. You know, Luch may have a, a, um, a ball and cup check problem, you know, and he might have told Ahab that he's going to fucking kill him in the handshake line. Well-deserved, if you ask me. He was Ahab, for starters. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, he might have done stuff like that, but by and large, he doesn't do awful shit on the ice, you know? He, they're, they're not the same, because Wilson is a is a fucking garbage man. And, and Cassian... Before people try to jump in and mention Ryan Miller, no, no, Ryan Miller was at the tops. He is a regular fucking skater wearing body armor at that point. <laughs> yeah. And I will die on that hill. <laughs> but, but you know, the thing is, is that I'm just... God, I gotta tell you, no, there isn't a comparison between them. Um, Luch is supposed to be, like, a power forward, and he's just not doing this goal-scoring thing that well. Those other guys are awful. Just awful, awful, awful. So I'm sorry I lost my cool a little bit, but I, you just reminded me that I fucking hate Zach Cassian, and I have to deal with watching him today, and I'm just going to be angry. 
gonna be angry for the game. Boom. And how. Man, I gotta tell you. And you know what? Vegas didn't wake up during that whole thing. I was thinking about that. It's like, Vegas is gonna wake up. Vegas is gonna wake up. Vegas did not wake up. No, look at her. She is just the cutest little angel who's sleeping. Out like a fucking light. Yeah, <laughs> she just wants to be around mommy. That's all. So... Ah, but anyway, um, yeah, so it's good that Anders Bjork is not here to suck up that shitty douche canoe essence. But to your original point, I think the, <laughs> I think a lot of it is the concussion-related thing. I, I think it's so tough to come back from a concussion. And I think a lot of times it can take longer than we realize for people to come back from that. Like, look at Louis Erickson. Yeah, he had multiple that year. But that year he was that he was concussed. It was he was a bad year. It was just, a bad, and the the next very next year though he he was awesome for us. I think that has a lot to do with it. Is a concussion, and I think actually riding Dobby out now is going to help Tuka's season in the long run because I think we'll see at the end of the year a more refreshed, healthy Tuka uh, who's ready to kind of carry the load again. And again, Dobby's on a dope run. You take that, you, you, you go with this, and it is not going to last. We do know what Dobby is at this point. Yeah, yeah. And it isn't this, but right now I am enjoying the hell out of it. Dobby is a fun goalie to watch. It's part of the reason Bruins, you know, the certain segment of the Bruins fandom love Dobby so much beyond their irrational hatred of Rask is that, you know, Dobby does play like Tim Thomas. It makes him exciting to watch. Also, pant-shittingly terrifying to watch. Rebound yes. control is always the issue. It's the issue of so many goalies, but it's it's you an issue to, that he if has. If your acrobatic goaltending um, is necessitated by being a shitty positional goalie. Yeah, so so basically <laughs> what happens is that um, Dobby does, or Dobby, Kudobin, Hudobin. Oh, God, I can't say his name right. Okay, Dobby. The everlasting Dobstopper. Yes. Uh, how he benefits is by having people in there who can quickly just, if there's a rebound, get that puck out of there. Or he can try to work on his rebound control. Some games, his rebound control is good. Other games, not so much. But it's been working, so don't break and that it. that sort of segues to another thing, too, is uh, Dolby's run lines perfectly up with us having people start coming back from injury. Yep. Getting Krejci back. Yep. You know, um, Krug came, was out briefly. Came back in time for you know not quite the start but pretty but but but, but into uh, his uh, into into Dobby's run Achari back Spooner. Spooner Achari so I mean okay so we're not we still don't have you know we still don't have Marshy back obviously and obviously Backus or or McQuaid but Dobby is definitely benefiting from that like like um uh, you know uh, Cassidy hadn't given up on Rasto I'm given up's not the right word but you know decided to commit to Dobby yet. While everyone was out. So Rask did, and again, I'm not absolving Rask for anything on this, did suffer from the fact that he was fighting the the, 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 mash, Franken, the mash unit Franken roster. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much um, Rask and the Providence Bruins out there, so... Yeah, so it's, you know, he they were having to play Vitrano and Bileski regularly towards the end, of the, uh, towards the end when Rask was getting really bad. And they haven't had to do that um, during much during the course of Dobby's run. So I think that's a big thing to consider. Don't get me wrong. Rask has still been bad and needs to work something out. But this is a factor. And it's a, probably a big part of why Dobby has seemed as good as he seemed. Right. You know, last year, uh, last season, he did go through something where, like, he took a puck to the neck. And, uh, you know, people wondered if there was some kind of injury or something. Because he played like shit after that for 
weeks. Um, I mean, January, oh gosh, January last year, that was just a... Oh, that was an awful month of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, like, um, I think it was a couple seasons back, um, Lundquist took a puck to the neck and sheared a blood vessel. And he was out for a long time. So there was, there was that worry, but it's like um, they knew that right away. Like, he could not come back to the game. And, 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 Pat, uh, and Rask didn't have that. So I just wonder if Tuca gets... I wonder if Tuca's a little mentally rattled. You know, I, I'm surprised if that's the case. The team hasn't had him, you know... Talk to say, oh, Marshan, sports uh, a sports psychologist who's clearly fantastic. Worked wonders. Like, okay, Marshan is still a shit weasel on the ice. That is his job. But he's no longer lets that ever get in the way of the quality of his play. Where sometimes before he would get caught up in being a shit weasel. Well, I mean, <laughs> granted, you know, he did get suspended um, for one game. Was it one game last year or a couple games? It was a couple games. Yeah. Yeah. The low bridge on Bora Whiskey, right? I think it was. No, the year before. That was the year before. Last year was something else right at the end of the season. Um, yeah, so that kind of thing happens. I think it was one gamer. It was just before the playoffs because they weren't going to suspend him for the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, so basically, look, if you took that part of his game away, he wouldn't be the same player, right? So you're going to have to take the negatives that come with that every once in a while. But Marshan has put everything together in his life and put it all together on the ice. And you know what? Whoever he was, and he admitted that he talked to a, a sports psychologist. Whether or not he still does, I don't know. I, I imagine it might be a check-in every once in a while. But if he, yeah, I, I think that Tuca would benefit from somebody kind of helping him control that. Because I honestly think that if you play goalie, you've got to be a little mentally screwy uh, to have people huck pucks at you all the time. Yeah, But like even for, you know, even having played behind some shitty shitty Bruins teams in recent years. Mm-hmm. He spends, he gets, and I don't like saying this because it sometimes can be construed as him being a bad team player, and I'm not saying that at all. No. He probably should be less angry at his teammates than he often is. Yep. Yeah. And that's why I worded it that way. I'm not, it's, it's not being a bad team player, but it's, he's externalizing, and I think that's actively affecting his play. Yep. Uh, you know what? It's, um, when you feel like you you have absorbed all that you can on something, sometimes you just externalize it. That's it, you know? Or some people automatically externalize because they don't want to see fault in themselves. I'm sure that Tuca sees plenty of fault in himself, you know, because every player sees where they can be better. If if you didn't see that, you wouldn't be playing in the NHL. You know yeah. what I mean? It's There's a lot of complicated sport um, uh, psychological things that go into being able to play a sport like that. At that level. So I'm just, I'm just worried that yeah, he's a little bit of a head case. And that sounds terrible. I'm just saying that he's got to work through something. And I hope that he is working through it. And maybe it's like when he's um, at practice or, you know, watching the game happen, he's just kind of figuring it all out. That's all. Yeah. And I really hope if it's something where he does need to see a sports psychologist that he does go and do that and doesn't kind of try to hide that from the team or anything like that. No, no, it, it, it wouldn't benefit the team to do that. It would just, there's nothing wrong with meaning that you need to do that. I think that's one of the reasons why Marshan has been great ever since then is that he admitted like, Hey, I needed to do this. You know, we have two weeks of light, a, rel- a fairly light schedule coming up. So they have room to breathe right now. I, I just, I want to get to put it together. I really, I feel like every time I see a fan, uh, say something online or hear them say something about Tuca in such a way that, you know, Tuca is garbage. I just, I feel like it's just like another dent in the armor, you know, 
And it's like, one of these days, I won't have any armor to be dented. And honestly, I get sick of it, too, because for a few reasons, mainly Rask is a very, very good hockey player, very good goalie. But who are you replacing them with? Dobby's not going to carry the load the entire season. McIntyre's not ready. Who are you replacing him with that's going to be better? Yeah. No one. You don't have anybody. You know? Now, I have seen some things that suggest the Bruins made a poor call in not drafting uh, Jake Ettinger last year, um, uh, last spring, and I kind of see that because I do have questions about our long-term planning goal. You know, we do still have we have four we do still have four goaltending prospects in the system: McIntyre, Vladash, uh, Swayman, and um, what's that? That kid Kaiser they signed as an undrafted free agent in the OHL. I don't know how well any of them really project at this point. Ettinger would have probably been a prudent draft choice last spring, but it's what it is. Also, I mean, imagine this team is actually t- is pant-shittingly terrified of drafting goalies in the first round, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. Well, like the last one that they did is playing in Vegas now. Well, yeah, not playing in Vegas right now. Is he still injured? I think he came back. Oh, did he? Yeah. I think so, yeah. But yeah, it, yeah, and like, you know, other first-round goalies the Bruins have picked in the last uh, decade and a half include Hanno fucking Tavoinen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Tavoinen. I mean, he did He did bring us the, the... He did turn into Soderbergh, so that's cool. Yeah, we got to experience the Yeti for a while. Carl was in charge then. Not your best work, Tim. Not oh, work. Timmy. No, Carl was like... Not even grown worthy. Like I'm not. I'm not going to give you that kind of credit. Oh <laughs> my god. Oh my god. Well, anyway, I think that we just we're going to have to be patient with Tuca. Um, as much as people don't want to be patient with him, and uh, you know, as for I, I told you before too that that fans were growling about, or a fan on the radio was growling about uh, Chara being. Uh, uh, too old and missing a step and put all the kids in there and it's like no (laughs) Chara has been objectively excellent not just excellent for a 40 year old this year did you read that article on Chara I did and it was delightful I thanked Wish on on Twitter um, for that (laughs) I don't think he acknowledged me but that's okay it's too um, bad. Wish we could be friends. We have the same sense of humor as you. I know. I know. We could all go out to a bar and we'd have a good time. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it was a really good article. It was on ESPN. And the only reason why I go to ESPN now is probably for the hockey stuff. I don't think I've read any Kaplan yet, but um, uh, I read a couple of Wish things because. Well, it's not even for hockey in general, or it's just specifically Wish. Yeah, yeah. But. It, well, I mean, he he says his colleague Emily Kaplan is, is really good too. So, meanwhile, they still haven't figured out how to run Puck Daddy in a post wish world. There's very few articles. Yeah, uh, I still go it because I still read. I still enjoy reading Lambert, even though he infuriates me a lot because. <laughs> I I don't get this. I I don't get it. I have lots of anger to go around, and I don't need to be additionally angered. I have I have so much. I, I, I enjoy his writing. His sense of humor is. I mean, he's a super silly piece of shit. I love how they make fun of him on, on Puck Soup. Ooh, all the dinosaurs. 
I'm going to write about dinosaurs and hockey. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, Lambert could be actually a really premier hockey writer if he would just be so, it could be less sanctimonious. <laughs> Honestly, because his ideas ultimately are very sound. It's just his way of writing about them turns people off badly. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm, I'm, um, I'm really okay with not re- reading his stuff. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I also, I just like reading the, this is the only case where I like reading Yahoo comments because I love how angry com- commenters get into the guys. Just like, don't read Lambert then. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, I'm ahead of the game. I'm ahead of the game. <laughs> I like, I, I just, I think I've had my fill of outrage in this last year. Um, I need to take a break and get, get rid of some of the outrage and figure out how to cope with it a little bit more and be proactive about it. So I'm trying really hard not to be outraged about hockey stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, you got your Sidney Crosby shitty goaltender t thing. Yeah, goaltender t. I uh, like that. You got that, and and then you've got the Zach Cassian thing, and, and the league is always still going to have shitty people in it, and they're going to be doing shitty things and whatnot, and that's fine. I'm trying to just stay in my my one little bubble, I'm not trying to be like ha- like be happy and pretend that nothing's happening. I'm just trying to cope right now. So I, I don't have room for, for Lambert in my life ever. I just can't do it. It's fine. Fine. Right. Again, the only thing about Lambert that really annoys me is how he writes about the Bruins is oftentimes really disconnected from what's actually going on in the ice. That's all. Other than that. And you know, here's the thing about it is he's been the only um like constant on puck. Good morning, Vegas. <laughs> Hello, sweetie pie. Oh, big stretch, yes. <laughs> She's a big stretcher. Okay, yes, anyway, as you were saying. Um, so, like, like, like the rest of Puck Daddy's Adrift, like, the writers that they've subbed in either don't bother or are bad. Um, and it's unfortunate, because I liked that blog. ESPN doesn't let me just bookmark a writer page, so I can just beeline right to Wyshynski, which, like, say, Sportsnet lets you do, so I have Elliot Friedman bookmarked directly, so I don't have to dick around on the rest of the website. Well, um, he links his articles, though, so you could just go look at his Twitter quickly and then go find the article, you mm-hmm. know? So you could do that. There there are ways around it. That's how I found that uh, the Chara article was doing that. Hi, sweet girl. How are you? Yeah, I don't know if Daddy's home yet. But anyway, um, yeah, I guess it's a shame that that Puck Daddy fell apart. But, you know, Wish said that basically they didn't know what they wanted to do with Puck Daddy and it was time for him to move, you know. And that ESPN, they met his demands. Because he was like, I still want to do my podcast and I want to have control over that. And I don't want you to tell me what I can and cannot do. And so it's like, I think he kind of, for people, you know, it's like he, he, he misses the fact that he's not going to be able to use bloggers as much anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, that's what he said. He's like, I really enjoyed that about Puck Daddy. I could use all the bl- bloggers talking about their teams and he won't be able to do that as much anymore. That's, that's the only thing he didn't win on this, but he's able to do a lot of things that he uh, was still able to do and. Yeah, the only thing that he really lost was that and then Merrick versus Wyshynski, which yep. was partly because it wouldn't work at Merrick's end as well, right? Like, there was mutually, because they're both working for major media, and that wouldn't play nice. Right. 
Right. Give me one minute. I just want to. She's she's a little uh, mobile. I just want to see what's. Oh, you want to come back and sit with mommy? Okay, that's okay. You can come sit with mommy. She is adorable. She's adorable. You guys see this? This is adorable. Ah, sweetie. Okay, she's not looking at me anymore. Okay. So anyway, yeah. I, I, look, I don't want to read ESPN. Not after all the bullshit Deflategate crap, but. Let me say I'm always reticent to give them my, my, my time of day because they did, you know, lay off a bunch of other excellent hockey guys in LeBron and Custance and so forth. And I'm still angry about that. But <laughs> most of them have found other places to go. Or well, yeah, but the so. athletic. And I'm still reticent, reluctant to pay for the athletic because they don't cover the Bruins. Granted, that means I should, you know, get off my ass and pay for, 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 for Boston Sports Journal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think I'm finally I finally just bit the bullet and did that and I'm glad I did. Yeah, I haven't I, done it yet. See, a part of me wishes that there was a Athletic Boston just so I could pay for that and get the other and get the other coverage as well because so many good hockey writers are now behind that wall. Right. Yeah, but it's what it is. Or you could get the Globe and get um Fluto and your favorite KPD. I mean, Floto is probably the best general purpose hockey writer out there at the moment in terms of, in terms of um, uh, overall content. I mean, Wish is still my favorite because he's entertaining as fuck, but you know, you read him for different purposes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 I basically, you know what, this is how I, I learned to, to work with Wish. Uh, not that we work together at all. I'm just saying, like how I I've learned. Give us a call. We'd glad to be. We'd be glad to. <laughs> oh my god, that that would be so fun if you would just come on, even for like ten minutes. Just come on, say hi, whatever. This is how I've learned to to deal with it. If I'm going there and I want him to say something positive about the Bruins, I'm already behind. Okay, I'm just uh, I'm not going to win this battle. Uh, but if I go and I listen to him talk about other things around the league, and he basically confirms what I already know or what I already think, like, you know, it's like, uh, um, you know, Ovechkin is like, he's always going to score all these goals. He's going to do these certain things and he's not going to win. And Oh, of course, Ovechkin now is, is like, yeah, everybody be friends with Putin. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> but anyway, it, like he confirms things that I, I kind of had an idea about or knew. And it was like, like, so it's like entertaining. And then they, they go off into tangents um, and it's funny. And uh, anyway, I, it's all that stuff. But if I, if I want him to say things specifically positive about the Bruins outside of uh, Bergie's always going to win um, the Selkie at Chara is like um, a workhorse, like a huge workhorse, and uh, and he uh, is a great defenseman. And that Marshy, uh... <laughs> it is your own damn fault for going on the bicycle seat that you fell off of it, cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was perfect. It just and it just timed. You know what? It works. It works. So I think that we should probably uh, start wrapping it up. We should talk about the schedule. Now, I will say that uh, our old friend Curzon Hockey, but on uh, B2B, Bobby to Bergy, he is uh, the Bear of London, the London Bear, one of those two. He said uh, that he really enjoyed the mashup 
of the sexy into fucking schedule while talking. (laughs) (laughs) So the the Franken schedule talk that we had last week. (laughs) He he thought it was great. I mean, it it was kind of natural because it was just kind of like there was just outrage. Uh, Anybody can do it however they want this week. I don't really have a a way. I'm just looking at the games right now. It's there's not a lot to talk about. So, yeah, we'll start off with uh, Jeff and then uh, Tim. I think you'll be able to handle that last one there. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) See, you know it. Well, listeners, welcome to Sexy Schedule Talk. Bruins schedule this week starts with getting all greased up for Milan Lucic and oh fucking hell Zach Cassian and Connor McDavid tonight today at 5 p.m. Eastern against the Edmonton Oilers. This happened in the past if you're whenever it is you're listening to this show. Followed up by. Being visited by Steve Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov on Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're, gonna, we're going to get our shit caved in in that game. <laughs> oh, and after that, oh my god, uh, we play fucking Philly in Philly. And oh, oh my god. The batteries hit the team, aren't they? <laughs> Philly is so hard. I I I don't know that there's a hockey team that I hate more than the Flyers. To be quite honest, I mean beyond the Habs, I just can't stand the fucking Flyers, and I cannot stand the city of Philadelphia. We might as well just wipe that shit off on the map. Um, I mean it's a contemptible, a truly contemptible sports town. Okay, yeah, I I think the town itself is nice, but, you know. Well, the sports, let's get rid of, like, the Flyers. I can't stand the Phillies, really, at all. The Eagles, fuck the Eagles. Oh they my throw God. batteries at Santa. What the fuck is 70, wrong with you guys? Yeah, and then the 76ers, you know, people talked about their burn-down and pro- rebuild process. Did that actually um, work? Uh, I mean, it's kind of working now, which pisses me off even more. And I, because I cannot stand, trust the process, trust the process. Honestly, it looks to me like the Celtics process was better. Yeah, the Celtics actually know how to process fucking Philly. My (laughs) lord. But yeah, we play the Flyers. Furthermore, more Philly cheesesteaks. What are you fuckers doing putting whiz on that shit? Cheese whiz should be on nothing. Yeah, um,. Yeah. Billy, go fuck yourself. There's a reason your belt's cracked, motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but getting back to the Flyers, don't they have a GM and a coach that have similar names? Yeah. Hextall and Hextall? Yeah. Isn't that fucking annoying? Yeah, their coaches are Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And, and Dave Hextall is a funny-looking fucker. His eyes look like they're trying to run away from one another. And they're so small. They're just these beady little tiny things that are like half – that are like practically near his ears. Like Dave Haxall is a weird-looking bastard. How did Zane McIntyre deal with that? I don't know. Like I, I, know. Like, I, I can't tell because they're so small. But what if one of them was a lazy eye? It would legitimately look like his eyes were trying to flee the scene in different directions. And, and <laughs> another thing I really hate about Philly is Wayne Simmons always kills us. And that just annoys I, Fuck I love him. Wayne Simmons, but that's the, if, I, if he was on the Bruins, I would love Wayne Simmons. 
I hate the fact that he's on Philly and then he kills us every fucking time. That I can respect. That I can respect. But I'm not going to say anything bad about Wayne Simmons just because I think he's a good player on a shitty team. That's all. Good player on a shitty team. He seems like a pretty entertaining personality. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No. Yeah. It's 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 a hundred percent that he kills the Bruins and, and he has one of the best contracts in the league. Yeah. The, the Flyers are incredibly long term for really low dollars compared to what he brings to the table. Yeah. Oh wow! So he's also the player even back in the day. We all thought Milan Lucic was, but really wasn't ever. Oh man, that man <laughs> needs to be paid. Okay. Yeah, the Flyers don't deserve him. I mean, again, their fans throw batteries at Santa Claus. Fuck them. Oh, I forgot Dale Weiss is on the is on the Flyers too uh, now. Oh, oh. I forgot you, Dale Weiss was even a thing. That's another oh. reason why they. Oh my God! Just oh, go to hell, Philly. Go to hell. I hate him. <laughs> you brotherly love my ass. Fuck those fucking fuckers. <laughs> so what are we going to do to get through the week? It's time for bare necessities. Well, I am uh, been uh, drinking uh, some uh, old fashions of late. But instead of using sugar cubes, I'm using maple syrup. Because <laughs> um, of course! <laughs> but I tasted it and it's, it's actually great. Like I use more bitters than you're supposed to do because I, I like that. Just a little bit of syrup, uh, several dashes of bitters. And then, uh, and then some, and then some rye, and it's been stellar. Also, discovered fresh basil, really nice addition into the old fashioned. Hmm. Strong in Darce. Only happened because I had it and wasn't going to use it for something else. I'm like, well, this seems like a thing that might work. Okay, <sighs> muddled it in there, and it worked out quite nicely. Yeah. So, strong in Darce, old fashions with maple syrup and fresh basil. Do it, listeners. Maple syrup, of course, of course. What about you, Tim? I honestly don't know. I haven't had anything, any alcohol really since Thanksgiving. Um, and I probably, um, I'm probably, cause I still have leftover cranberry Sprite, cranberry juice and pineapple juice from the rum punch that I made Thanksgiving. Probably just going to get some more rum and just like make that again. Cause it was tasty. And, and I actually like, sprung for like Captain Morgan, so <laughs> no black velvet here. <laughs> oh my god. When you said you sprung for um um Captain Morgan, I'm like the first thing I thought of was like no black velvet <laughs> <laughs> So Yeah. That I mean that's probably what I'll do to finish up the ingredients because yeah. <sighs> I don't know what I'm going to do for beer necessities because I I still have a bunch of beer. Actually, um, the Joes brought us some beer from Connecticut, all sorts of different beers. Um, I think one was like a coffee porter and, you know. There's good things in Connecticut? I mean, I imagine you have to get beer to tolerate Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, I know some people, we all know some people from Connecticut. Well, yes, and they're the, good. the Joes and, for, and the tallest are great people. Good, are, are very good people. And it's unfortunate for them that they're stuck with Connecticut. Well, the Joes eventually will move to Massachusetts, to the smallest town, I guess, out west. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so we have a bunch of those things. 
I don't know if I haven't really been into drinking that much. I had a couple of glasses of wine at Thanksgiving, um, you know, but I also um, had a tumble, not related to the wine. So, um, so I'm just kind of. I don't think I can drink anything at all today. I'll be honest, because I've been having some vertigo things. So, I don't know. I'll make my way so somehow. I don't know if I have anything. I could say Vegas again, because she's so damn cute. This cat has had the zoomies for like two hours. How is this possible? Because <laughs> we're recording earlier. That's why. And she might have this before, uh, had this before, but uh, we didn't notice it because we don't record at this time. And I didn't lock her in the bedroom during recording today. That might be a factor as well. Oh, she's just showing that she loves you, Daddy. <laughs> that's what it is. So anyway, uh, that's pretty much the show, I think, right? Yeah, sure. Pat's game's on in like two minutes, so. So you can listen to us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. You can find us on uh, Twitter at Barely and Topic. On Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. And that's all the, 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 the podcast-specific ones. Of course, there's always our, our, our individual uh, Twitter accounts. Um, if you want to, say, spend all of a recent weekend listening to me tweet about music videos for 90s rock bands, which is the thing that happened recently. So, uh, uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking a Twitter break and a Facebook break right now. So I'm not going to put out my stuff right now because you, you could tweet at me, but I'm not... I'm not doing it, but for now. But anyway, that's not really super important. You can tell what your handles are if you want to. And so if I follow me at uh, at Doctor Hand Grenade, um, you know, I wouldn't recommend it, but you can do that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> we're just the worst people. Where it's like we're all like kind of introverted, and you know, if you want to, it's okay, baby. Like and we put out a show every week, whether or not people want it, we put out a show every week. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, uh, they do want to talk to us. Eventually, I'm at Tim A. Richardson. If you want like random sports takes and puns, and by random sports takes, he means mostly the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, oh. the Celtics. Uh, it's been a lot of Celtics recently because they've been a, they've been helping offset the total shitstorm that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Alright, I should I should amend this by saying that I am manning the Barely on Topic um, uh, account, as I usually do on Twitter. That's that's what I'm doing. So I'm not completely untethered. I just, I'm just taking a break from the personal stuff right now. So, you can tweet at me there at Barely on Topic. There. Wow. It all falls apart at the end, doesn't it? Um, Tim, Tim, get us out of here. <laughs> Word! <laughs>